Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the False Nine Podcast. I'm your host, Edwin, not Lewis. I know a little bit of a shocker. My boy couldn't make it today, but I'm here with none other than Santiago. Santi, how you doing, motherfucker? Que lo que, cuñado. Todo bien. All right. That's what's up. That's what's up. We got a good episode for y'all today. We're going to be talking about the Barcelona and Atletico clash at the weekend, along with some FA Cup and a spicy, juicy Derby de la Madonina in Serie A. That was fire. All right, let's get underway. We're going to start it off with Barcelona. Yo, Santi, they're making a huge comeback under Xavi, bro. They spanked Atletico Madrid for two. What you got for us on that? Um, Spanks a little overreaction. I think they did dominate the game, but I think they were just more uh, opportunistic of their chances. Uh, if you saw the expected goals, it was 0.83 for Barca, and they got four goals out of it. And then Atletico had 1.57 and only got two. So a little bit of luck uh, to, to a certain degree. But despite that, I think Barca's riding on some momentum now. I think they're, you're starting to see Xavi's influence on the team tactically, physically, and even some of the players are playing out the best football they've played all season. Uh, I think also with the return of Pedri from injury, now back on form, helps. Dani Alves, I don't know, man, but that man does not age. He's oh, still killing he's so it. Now, then again, this isn't like the Champions League, so but for what he's doing is incredible. Uh, then Traore came in. Uh, actually was very elusiveness. Sorry, very elusive. And him and Ferran Torres look like they have something going. Gavi playing on the left wing was interesting. I haven't seen much of Gavi left wing. I've seen him more in the central mm-hmm. part of the game, part of the uh, part of the field. And it kind of reminds me, I don't know if you remember this, but Iniesta, actually, when he first came out, he started, he played left wing a lot. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me, it's like, wow, that actually might be like a thing. That might be the new Iniesta. And then Pedri's like the new Xavi. It's kind of, kind of, kind of funny. But anyways, no, good win for uh, Barca. Obama Young also played. He looked lively. He looked like he was playing hard out there. No complaints. So I think you could only look up if you're Barcelona now that you're finally top four again after a long time and bring on Napoli, man. Like they, they had good chances to, to still win a cup this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally disagree with you on the fact that um, you thought that they were lucky. I felt like, well, I, I think I, I'm not saying they were lucky. I'm just saying some luck came into uh, them scoring four goals in comparison to Atletico only scoring two, just by just seeing the expected goals and the chances that they had. I'm not right. saying they were lucky, but I'm just saying they had some luck. Well, I first first and foremost, I think Simeone completely got his starting lineup completely wrong. Um, he didn't start Correa, which was a mistake, in my opinion. Um, he's been their top goal scorer. How are you not going to start your top goal scorer in a match like this? Um, you know, when you're competing to stay within the top four, number one. Um, also, Barcelona just is like they held most of the ball. They outplayed them. Um, maybe dominated is is a bit of a strong word, but I don't know. Atletico looked like they couldn't string together that many passes. 
their defensive shape was poor. Barca was just completely outplaying them in that sense um, and was was completely playing through the uh, through the gaps that Atleti had set out for them. And it, it just it wasn't working out defensively at all. But Barcelona looks so creative and dynamic in their different, attack. Different, man. Very yeah, different. Different. Chavi, um, mm, beautiful job. If if you're to count points from since since Chavi's been appointed, he Barca would be in second place in the league. You are. Uh, are you ready to call him the next Pep yet? No. No, come on, bro. No, because it's coming. It's coming. No, because it's coming. the next pep, and I hate saying this, but the next pep will be Mikel Arteta. Oh, stop <laughs> it! It's just the same. It's okay. a shame that he has to. He has to coach Arsenal. No That's chance. Part. But no, bro. Javi's looking like a like a maestro out there. A genius, bro. And Adama, you know, like you said, Adama. Comp- Great debut. Got Yo, him. already an assist, man. You know how long it yeah. takes him to get an assist in Wolves? I don't know if it's partly his fault or, like, no one <laughs> yeah. can finish the attack, but, like, he got an assist. And, gee, I would have never guessed or thought that Danny Alves was, would have such an influence and be, like, a huge difference maker on the pitch. I was expecting more so presence in the locker room and in the training in the training ground, but I wasn't expecting him to, like, be a starter and, like, like- so... Like they, say in my con- like they say in my country, bro. Una bestia. Una bestia. <laughs> a goal, assist, and a red car. Beautiful yeah. hat trick. What a performance. Yeah, for real. Um, But who knows? Maybe with his suspension in La Liga, Dest could finally prove himself a little bit. Bro, I mean, we talked about it before, but I, I don't. I think Dest is out this summer. Well, yeah, he might be out there, but he has a chance now to... To prove somewhat Look, that he can... I, haven't, I still haven't seen anything. I don't know. I, I think it, it goes back to... Xavi doesn't look. Listen, uh, actually, let me let me check who was on the benches before I, I say this, just to make sure. Uh, do we know if the pie was injured? Do you know? Oh, no, I don't think he was. Let's see. Let me let me just double check because clearly he that him and Serginio Des are two of the. Okay, yeah, he he has he had an injury. Okay. But regardless, him and Serginio Des, I think two players that were a big part of Kuman's like squad. I think those two are the are the big ones that are like kind of been left out of this whole renaissance and just this new this new transformation with Xavi. Des, I kind of expected because I've always felt that Des came because Kuman needed a new right. You couldn't play Sergio Roberto. <laughs> that that experiment was done. And he kind of needed someone cheap um, that would listen to him. And he got the Azex route. So he's like, oh, he's Dutch pretty much. He's So anyways. And so then, but then the pie kind of as well. But I also thought the pie fit like the Barcelona, like the, the, yeah, yeah, that yeah, Dutch yeah, influence yeah. one. Uh, but clearly, I mean, you saw before, Xavi started playing the young more. Now he's playing Ferran as striker. Now with Obama Yang, you literally could play Ferran, Obama Yang, and Traore. I, 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 is Ferran fast? Like, can he keep he, up yeah, with those yeah, two yeah, big no, cats? He, he's pacey. He's not as fast as Triore. Because that's might, a, he might be on as fast as Obama. Yeah. yeah, he might be on par with that. Okay, that because that's a listen. I mean, I don't think they they're gonna do this because of just the way they play. But like, if they ever want to park the bus and just play counter with those three cats up there, whoo, 
Yeah, lethal could be dangerous. Like, Sweat FC. Uh, yeah. So I mean, no, I am really happy that Barca is looking like they're gonna turn this around, and I'm happy that Xavi's working out because, as much as we thought that he was amazing coach, he's still only coaching Qatar. Yeah, right. Like it's still not the same level of the Champions League, not the same level of La Liga. And so far, so good. There's been hiccups, which has been okay. But I think the main goal for them at this point of the season, ensure top four and get as far as you can in the, in the Europa League. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and that, I think he's, he's, they're, in, they're in route, man. They're in route. On the other side, Atletico, mm-hmm. extremely poor, in my opinion. It, it's Listen, it's, it's the whole season bad. Yeah, terrible. And I cannot be a bigger advocate for this, but Simeone's got to go, man. He's got to. I feel like it's going to it's going to build it's going to get to a point where it's a similar situation with Arsenal fans and Arsene Wenger where he they kind of feel like he's over like he's overstayed his his time. You know what I'm saying? Like he all the work that he's done with them, I top, hats off to you, my man. You won a La Liga, you've gone to Champions League finals whatever, but bro you're not adapting your game, bro. You're not changing anything. You're still playing with this defensive ass style. You're ruining the development of Drow Felix, Lamar. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, come on, man. You got to change change it up, bro. Stop playing so defensive. It's annoying. You hardly score two goals in a game. Like, how is that a sustainable system of playing? How can you compete for trophies that way? You know, you, you're the defending champions and you, you're in fifth place right now. Sixth, probably, you know, like that's that's mad annoying, bro. Like, I think it's time for him to go. I think they need to transition to a new coach that could unlock the attacking potential that this team has. Right. So clearly it's it's a good comparison of Wenger and Simeone. Now, I think the difference is because I, I don't know how how was was Arsenal like not down in the mud. I don't want to say it like that, but like, have, were they successful prior to Wenger? Like, I know, I, I, I agree that with Wenger, that was probably the most success they've had. But were they, were they, were they coming from like, like kind of you like United in the like late 70s and 80s before Sir Alex took over? Like, they were like down bad. No, I also know we're pretty good. They were, they, yeah, there was there were in okay. the eighties. Yeah, in the eighties, they were competing for the for the leagues and right. So it was just Wenger. Just they were just the most successful with Wenger. Right. Okay. So I think I think a different uh, side to the Simeone thing with the comparison is Atletico were bad. Like uh, they would flip coaches every two, three years. Like they were very mid table. The best they did was fifth, and I think that was twice. In like I believe like the ten years prior to Simeone, ever since Simeone has came, they haven't finished below third. They've won two La Ligas, they won two Europa Leagues, they've won two Super Cups, they've gone to two Champions League finals. So the comparison is there a hundred percent. But I think Simeone is going to realize he's going to want a different job. I think he's always been linked to the Inter job. But Insagi's doing a phenomenal job. He's always been linked to the Argentinian national team. Uh, but right now, Scaloni's doing actually a very well job. They haven't lost 30 games. So I think he knows the time is coming. You could, I know, I believe he senses the time is coming. I would hope so. But, and, I, and I think that's what's killing him a little bit is 
now that they're getting the, the they're getting more money, they're spending more money. It's like he's working with more. Maybe he seems like the kind of coach that would just succeed better when not even that there's like less caliber players. The expectations are lower. Yeah. I think. I think he's been the most successful when the expectations were like low and they were like, oh yeah, third, third is good, maybe second. Like both times they won La Liga, you were like, what? <laughs> so. And even both times they made the Champions League final. Now, I did say beginning of the season, this is the worst defense he's had since he started there. That's number one. I, I like that, That's a big thing for him. Now, whether that's recruitment, whether that's the scouting the department, whether that's buying the right players, I don't know. But I think that's an issue that if he does stay, they have to look into because they have bought defenders, but they just don't seem like to have the same solid solidarity as Jimenez and Godin had for so many years with Juan Fran on the right and Felipe Luis on the left. Right. Lodi is good, but he's not there defensively. And right backs, they've been Trippier, Versalico. Sometimes they play even Savage right back or they play a center back on right back. So there's those keys. And then sometimes he goes, because he has so many center backs, he goes to three center backs. He goes either uh, Hermoso, or Felipe, or Godin, or Savage, just however you want to mix it. If somebody plays Kondogby at center back, it's a little, it's a weird mix. I specifically don't think all the players he has currently he asked for. I think the one, the big player that he did ask, and you saw it this game, and I hope people start to realize more about him, Rodrigo De Paul, he is world-class. He is very underrated. He is the core of the Argentinian uh, central uh, midfield. And I think he is like how Simeone was when back in his heyday. But to, to pretty much circle my whole thing is Simeone knows he has to go, but I think they're not going to fire him. I think if it's, if anything happens, he's going to decide. It would to be on him. Yeah, it'll be his decision. Yeah. My biggest issue with him is the fact that it's just like the system that he has clearly isn't working. I don't think it's sustainable whatsoever. And he's not he's not willing. It doesn't seem like he's willing to tweak it and change the 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 playing style that the team has, because like what's what's Atletico's identity like with with Arsenal and Arsene Wenger? What was their identity? They played out the back, beautiful, quick, intricate touches, you know, build a play. I'll be, I'll be honest. Yeah. Sorry. Before for, for Arsenal, it was. Play beautiful, finish fourth, get round of 16 in Champions League, call it that. That's the, how, that, was, that, was, that was the style they played. <laughs> no, no, no. All jokes aside, all jokes aside, they played similar, not to the level, I'm not saying to the level, but similar to the Barcelona playing style. Quick, quick one-twos, fast build-up up the field, you know what I'm saying? Lethal attack. Okay. What does that, what's Atletico's um, identity, apart from playing defensively? Well, With, that's what it was. That's what you've been so successful. I don't I can't. it's just like my dude like ch- just change it up just change it up like that's my biggest thing I feel like like one the best example I could think of is Mancini when he was at City and he won our first Premier League and he won the FA Cup we we didn't play that amazing uh, like if you compare the the City team that he won the Premier League with to the Italian team the way that the Italians played when they won the Euro Euros like throughout that entire tournament. Hold on, no, hold I on. It. I get it. International team. You, no, no, not even now. You can't compare, bro. The Italian team has better quality than that city team. All right, but Mancini over that period of time 
has evolved his his uh, coaching style right and his way of playing right for his team in order it's to been, win a major trophy yeah Simeone yeah, but it's but that. it's but it's a 20 it's it's um it's been when did he get sacked at city 12 13 12 13 season okay so it was pretty much and then I think he grabbed Italy right after they got knocked out of uh World Cup for 2018 so let's just say for argument's sake summer 2018 he's appointed the manager so it kind of went so say six years went by and so you are claiming that his style is, his style is different, though, like yeah. completely. Or do you think just that's the style he always wanted to play and that he was just more no, successful think, because it's, it's I mean, it's a different game when it's international to uh, to club level. I think his style is different. I think his style is different. It's because I feel like he he's adapted the game, his uh, playing style to what the what most people do nowadays. And that's, you know, building from the back. Possession-based football, you know, um, cohesive attack, right? Okay. We didn't. He and didn't, fast, and fast, and fast. Yeah, we didn't really have that when he was at City. To be honest, we like we dominated because we obviously had class players. We dominated mm-hmm. games, but it wasn't like it wasn't like when Pellegrini took charge and we were. It was clear that we had like you know sixty percent of the ball, and now with Pep as well, like seventy percent of the ball or more. You know what I'm saying? Well, so I think the thing the thing missing though is with Simeone, he hasn't had like the that low point in his career yet. Like I think the thing that's frustrating with Mourinho is he's he's uh, the same kind of way. He hasn't been uh, sorry. He hasn't changed his ways pretty much. In in, a, in he hasn't changed the style of playing, even though he's failed in so many other styles. He could be successful the first year, and then after that, it kind of goes spirals down. But now it's getting worse and worse. Seeing with Tottenham, I'm still rooting for him in Roma. And the Roma thing is a little different because the expectations weren't as high. But it's still a little, it's still rockier for a first year. But I think he actually has time there. Anyways, I think with Simeone, because this is his first stop and because he is a club legend now, it's a little different. And I think that's why he's kind of hesitant to change his ways because at one point, I believe, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, he tried to be more offensive. I think when they started, they brought you off Felix. He tried to be offensive. But then at the end of the day, he just went back to the same because he doesn't feel comfortable. And that's this, that that's to his fault, 100% agree. But I don't think he's going to change his style until he, like this this year is probably might be the start because they're playing awful. But at the same time, they still can be finished second. Like you know, we're we're playing Monday Monday morning quarterback. We're kind of freaking out that they played. They're not looking good. They're probably they might get knocked out by United in the in the round of sixteen in the Champions League. Like, there's no there's no progress there. They're, they're they're going backwards after winning the league. Now, if I remind you, when they beat Barca two nothing, I believe in October. I remember. I don't know if we talked about it in the pod, but I was raving about them. Like yo, they played the perfect game. Like. So they can they can have bad performances. I think we gotta like relax a little, understand that there's, you know, the, yo they gotta like pick up the pace. They gotta play better. They gotta do other things. Hundred percent agree. But let's just wait until the end of the season before we start land like going Simeone out. We're not Arsenal fans, bro. Yeah. All right. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point.
the best cup in the world. All right, probably not the best, but the oldest cup in the world in terms of professional football. The FA Cup, the magic of the FA Cup. So much, uh, so much this past weekend. We'll start out with Manchester United. Everyone, let's take a quick, quick moment to laugh at Santi and his his Red Devils for getting knocked out by who, bro? Who they get knocked out by? Middlesbrough. <laughs> <laughs> Middlesbrough knock your asses out, dude. Dude, bro, Santi, y'all had so many chances to score, bro. So many I'm, I, chances. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to look up the stat because I don't see it. But I remember in the broadcast, I believe it was if not finishing up the second half, finishing up the second overtime. Uh, we had expected goals of 3.98, something crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think Middlesbrough had like a less than 0. 0.5. <laughs> Dude, that Bruno Fernandez miss, that's inexcusable, bro. Like an open, 100%, 100%. open goal. Like what the hell? Nah. And the Ronaldo. The Rashford one was pretty bad. Yeah, the penalty. The Rashford well. was bad. Ronaldo Pitt, Ronaldo Penn, he knew that I put money on him to score. And he's like, oh, fuck this guy. I will be, so, I will be, I will you know, be the, the, No, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. The scary part is that's our strongest 11, and we only managed to score one goal. And that's the scary part. about. Mm-hmm. Apart from just being eliminated, like, we could get over that eventually. Like, maybe we would have never even won the FA Cup. But the, the, the fact that that was our strongest 11, and we only managed one goal, pathetic. Jeez. So, yeah, uh, keep going. I, I will be honest. I think you guys definitely were were cheated. Y'all were robbed. The handball, that goal should not have counted whatsoever. Yeah, so I'm I'm sorry. I'm confused because I know for when a defender does that, it's not a handball because that's a little more accident. But I think when it leads to a goal, it should be counted. Like what? I feel if it's if it's the other way around, right? If that was a defensive play, I think that gets called for a penalty. It shouldn't have though. Yeah, it probably shouldn't, but I think it does. And yeah, if it leads to a goal, what is the point of VAR? What is VAR there for if they're not going to freaking review that and overturn that? Like, what the heck? Like, it's the inconsistency, man. Like, this is why people get so pissed off at VAR for stuff like this. Now, I love the fact that Middlesbrough went through only because I love an underdog story, and it's, it's the FA Cup. It's it's gonna happen. Shut up because you hate our team. Shut up. No, no, no. I hope I actually hope you guys demolish Atletico. That'll push the Simeone out <laughs> agenda. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> um, but no, nah, that that you guys shouldn't have gone out that in that manner whatsoever. That goal should have been overturned. Um listen, hundred percent we got cheated, but the fact that we couldn't score more than one goal is bad. Yeah, it's plain and simple. People that are complaining that we got out because of a, of BAR. No, no, no. We got out because we fucking suck. Touche. But also, what's going on with United outside of the pitch? Because Jesse Lingard, earlier in the week, he tweeted something that absolutely contradicted Ralph Ragnick. And this isn't the first time that a player has done has tweeted something to contradict what Ra- Ragnick has said. 
the first time it was it was with Martial when Ragnick said that Martial didn't want to travel with the squad to play. And Martial tweeted that that is a lie and that he wouldn't, he has never in his time in Manchester United ever wanted to not represent the team whatsoever and refused to play. Now, Ragnick said that Lingard try, um, asked for some, some time to clear his head, something along those lines. And then Lingard tweeted and said that that wasn't the case and that the club told him to take some time off to clear his head. So what is that concerning for you at all? Like these these contradictory statements, like what like what's going on when you think about that? Well, like I mentioned before, Ralph's here to make sure we qualify for Champions League. But the biggest thing he has to do is get the cancer out of the club. Whatever players need to get out, need to get out. Now, the contradiction, I think he doesn't I don't I personally don't believe that whether it was the club that gave Lingard the time off or Lingard's after the time off. I don't think he was involved in that at all. I think it was the hierarchy. And even today, I don't know if you saw his comments that he said that we haven't, they ha- we haven't won a trophy. Uh, I think it's what now, eight years. No, oh, no, Mourinho won in 17. All right, so five years. He was like, there's a reason why we haven't won a, a trophy. And so he's pretty much kind of calling out the board. And I think that's I think that's the main key here. I don't think I think the contradiction is because of he's trying to expose the board and the player power that's in United. That these players really don't deserve. No offense. Like I, I love Lingard, I love I love Martial, but at the same time, it's like you don't get to make the decision. Or even just the board should do that. Like what? <laughs> it's Manchester United. And I think this kind of also ties back to how Pogba's been treated at the club. And I think, I think honestly, at this point, he should be gone. So sorry, I'm, I'm going on a little um, tangent here, but I think the contradiction is to show and expose, whether it's from the player or from the board, the, the uh, player treatment, the unfair, not unfair, but like the, I don't, I don't know what's the word, but like the overprotectiveness or just giving them whatever they want type of treatment. And even that's why Ronaldo, coddling, he was pissed. Maybe. What coddling, maybe the right word for it, the coddling the players. Yeah, something, yeah, it's something along the line of whether it's the player that asks or the board tells them. Ragnar is here exposing whatever side it is, but he's not trying to not get exposed himself. He's trying to tell the truth. He's not like Ole would be like, oh, he picked up a knock. He'll be fine. He'll be fine next game. He's not He's not giving you bullshit excuses. He is telling you what he thinks. Now, if it's different, then it's on the board. Now, that, that's the key. When there's a contradiction, it's on the board. Or at the same time, and maybe the players just don't want to look bad in front of the fans. So, but I try to tend to believe these two players that at least want to leave, I don't think they have any reason to leave in bad, uh, in bad blood. Yeah, right, 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 so, yeah. So, but like I feel I said, for him. I feel for for Lingard. I I think he should have left. I think the club should have let him leave. Well, no, hold on. Ragnar cleared that up. The only reason why he didn't leave is because of the situation. What? Don uh, Donny and no, no, and no. Then the Mason Greenwood. Yeah, that one. But that, I mean, he said he said they had he had everything agreed, but then when that happened on Sunday, they cut the deal. Down. Yeah, yeah, they cut the deal. Um, and I get it. 
I get it. You need the depth, especially since that's something that's so unexpected. Um, well, Juan Mata was playing on Friday. Juan Mata. He was what? He was on point. He was on point. He was playing. Well, again, Lingard's out for... That should have been... Yeah, that should have been Lingard, which is the funny part. Yeah, yeah. Um, But if you're going to give Lingard the time, absolutely. But if you're not, if you're not going to give him the chance, you know, give him minutes and show and prove again what he's capable of, then why keep, why did you keep him? A hundred percent. I think, I think now though, they, they, he's going to have to. Right. And I think it's good enough to just play minutes. And I mean, we're going to lose him on a free now, which sucks because I think he has value. And we actually play. He does. So. I hope he goes back to West Ham. Fuck Newcastle. Um, but all right. Elsewhere in the FA Cup, bro, Leicester. Embarrassed by Nottingham Forest. Oh my god, 4-1. Dude, this Leicester Yo, side. So keep, keep Brendan Rogers 300 miles away from my club. For the love of God. I swear <laughs> to God, if he's linked to the our, our manager position, I Again. am going to lose my shit. What is he doing? I'm going to lose him. He's bottling it so bad. And I like I like Brandon Rogers. I think he's a he's a quality overrated, manager. Overrated. Overrated. What he did the first two seasons with Leicester, I liked and I was a fan of. Now yeah, being top four all year. Being top four all year and just not and then, making yeah, it. And then and then sadly missing out. So um, much for character. But like, bro, how are you bottling? Like, how are you digressing this much? Like what the heck? <laughs> the- also, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I find it funny that um, United Twitter is in love with James Garner. So James Garner is uh, one of our academy players, loaned out to Nottingham uh, for us, and he dominated a midfield that consisted of Tillmans, Madison, and Mendy. Incredible, Ooh. or not Mendy, Indeedy or Mendy, one of the other two. Incredible, hundred percent, I guarantee. And they were like, "Oh, he should be called back." And I just think it's funny that when it's an English youth academy player and he's doing well, he has one good game. <laughs> the they're media, like, oh, like, then it goes back to the British media. And then when it's, I, started, I just brought it up because I just uh, watched in depth the Uruguay Venezuela game that happened last Tuesday. Bro, we signed this little kid. Not a little kid, sorry. This young, this young kid named Facundo Pelesti. He is from Uruguay. I believe he's 19, and he's on loan in La Liga. I don't exactly know where, but he's on loan there. Yo, he played. Uh, the way he played on Tuesday, I would have started him with Rashford on Friday. Get, get 100%, I don't. It's not the same. Like, there's not enough time to rest, whatever, and he's not on the team. But, like, I didn't hear anyone talk about, like, Oh, we gotta call him back. He's good to be on the team now that we don't have wingers. We need more depth. <laughs> the hypocrisy is annoying. And and now to go back to City, Julian Alvarez. That would have been a great signing. But you know why we didn't sign him? Because he wasn't British. Like, yeah, we don't care enough. We we we. Ralph suggested it. We're like, oh, we can see him scout him once. Bullshit, bro. Bullshit. This 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 team. We, we are obsessed with the British player. There's a reason why we pay $80 million for Harry Maguire. There's a reason we're about to pay $80 million for Declan Rice. It is astronomically dumb. And until we stop focusing on British players, we're, we're, we're just, it's going to be the same cycle. You know, British tax, British tax. One of my coworkers, who's a United fan, he 
he says this all the time whenever United play poorly and Maguire is our fault. He always says the only reason why Maguire was that much is because he was a white British player. If it was a black British player or like any black player. 40 million, 40 million. Yeah. And it's sad. It's sad. And I agree with that. I, I do agree with it. And I don't think it's right. I don't understand where the British tax comes from. Um, who knows? Maybe it's because England kind of modernized the game. Maybe that's why they, they get away with this British tax stuff. Well, um, well, all the British all the British teams get the most money. Like, I believe if you win the championship, you get more money than win the Bundesliga. Some crazy shit like that. Yeah, and I think what um, what is it like if if you finish like mid table too? I think that's like more money than a Serie A like top four spot or something something crazy like that. So I think I think I think by that uh, those numbers like that just inflates like the, the prices that the, these teams are willing to sell. Yeah, very very true, very true. But Brendan Rodgers, I don't know. I think he's in. He's in uh, thin. He's on thin ice. Come come the end of the season, he might be sacked. Who knows? Um, but what do you think? Do you see him? You see him at Leicester for next season or? Cool, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. I'll kind of be sincerely honest. Mm-hmm. I could care less. Just not on my club. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair point. Fair point. All right, let's, <laughs> let's, let's move it on to Italia. We got the Derby de la Madonina. 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 Word. Inter Milan and AC Milan, dude. What a game this was, bro. I was watching this. I had money on Inter. They let me down. But I am ecstatic that AC Milan won. And I I want them to win the league so bad. So bad. AC Milan is my favorite Italian team. Um, but this win puts them one point behind Inter Milan, although Inter Milan do have a game in hand, but it spices things up. And after Napoli's win um, this match week as well, they are tied with AC Milan, but edge them out on goal difference. So they are also a point behind Inter. So we got a three-legged race here. Um, Can I say a hot take? Yeah, go for it. We love it. We have a, after um, what I saw on Sunday, Actually, yeah, that's how I'm going to start it. After what I saw on Sunday, I think we have a four-team uh, race. What? I think we have a four-team race. Oh, so you're – okay, so you're pushing I for, guarantee you – You're getting rid of your Juventus, Juventus bias now, huh? Juventus is going to finish at least top two. What? Top two. I still think Inter should win. But again, this is what I said in the beginning of the season. And I, I don't get me wrong. This is this, this even though they lost, and it's still a bad result because it's a direct rival. It's it's not the end of the world. It is their second loss of the season. But Juventus is coming. Dusan Blahovic and and Paulo Dybala looked incredible together incredible i am actually scared of juventus there like don't get me wrong they still have a lot of problems but at least within the league their big issue was scoring the ball they have they're not gonna have that issue at all the rest of the season oh and by the way 
for the for the people out there, the loyal listeners, uh, remember when I said I put 10 units on Blahovic to score at plus 105? Pick of the year. Guess what happened in 10 in 12 minutes? <laughs> Fucking cash, baby. So I'm on the Blahovic train. I am 100% honest. And so that's the first game I ever watched from him. I only saw highlights. But at least in this league, in this race, they are going to finish second. I guarantee it. Jesus, that is at least second. That is a bold statement. I will I will say so myself. And I will be honest, and I hate this, but the only reason why I feel like AC Milan has been contending for the league this season and last season was because Juventus started to dip. And that sucks because I've been wanting AC Milan to get back to where they used to be for the past like decade now. Um, so uh, who knows, maybe next season if when Juventus got everything going for them again and they start dominating the league, I pray. I pray AC Milan doesn't fall back to like like mid-table shit. I'm interested in two us. What what's gonna come in and what's gonna what's gonna leave for Juventus? Clearly, there's some speculation. Delete my leave. I, like I mentioned before in this pod. Then you have Bonucci and Chiellini that are pretty old. Um, they definitely don't want Alexander left back anymore. Clearly, they want a different option. Um, and then I mean, Quadrado is great as right back, but he's not really a true natural right back. So we shall see, dude. Sakaria is looking good. Blahovic, I don't know, and then we'll see with the system, but the system worked with him and Morata. I also don't expect Morata to be playing that much. It's just kind of just a filler until they get someone better. Yeah. Right. Well, dangerous, man. Hold on, dangerous. hold on. S- screw Juventus right now. I need to give a shout out. And I know <laughs> I know you, you disagree with me, but Olivia Giroud, such an underrated striker, bro. He's so quality, man. That finish against Inter, bro, two two goals, by the way. And that winning goal, so majestic the way he turned with that ball, bro. Beautiful. I don't think he gets the the, the praise that he deserves. And Benzema clowned the crap out of him. And I was really mad about that when that happened. But Giroud is a quality-ass striker and mad underrated. So shout-out to him. Shout-out to the boy. And he's... And He's a sexy motherfucker, like just like me. We gotta look out for each other. It's crazy. You should never be able to talk about football ever again after that. Screw you, bro. <laughs> you're just mad because you're not as handsome as he is. All right, he's very handsome. <laughs> you're right. He is very handsome. But all right. Yeah, that's all the time we got for you guys. On this episode of the False Nine, thank you for listening. Our loyal listeners out there, we love y'all. All right, thank you guys. Subscribe, check out our other our previous episodes. Really appreciate y'all. Check out my YouTube channel, Twelfth Man FC. Got some good FIFA content on there. Thank you guys. Till next time.